When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the run home on SENZ this Friday, the 27th of January, thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Kim Downs with you in the hot seat this Friday afternoon alongside the one and only Stephen Donald. Uh, our return together, actually, for the new year, babe. How good? That's oh, fantastic. Kim, uh, a long time between drinks. I think last time. We were in the working environment together. Was uh, we were doing breakfast radio, weren't we? Just before Christmas, the very early hours of the uh, of the morn and the lead up to Christmas. That one. Now, scale of one to ten, how much have you missed me on the uh, on a daily basis? Oh, I don't know. Ten. I knew it. Number, I knew a it. Number on it. <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there anything under zero? I don't know. Oh um, wow! No, look, that's, I really that's not the twenty twenty three energy that we're after, babe. To be honest. <laughs> No, it's really been too long. It's been far too long. Uh, great to be back in the hot seat with you. But uh, you're off-season. Um, I guess there's no downtime uh, when you're the face of one news. Look, very little downtime. What I did have uh, was very enjoyable, actually, Beef, and a couple of stories of note for you that I was thinking about earlier that I thought, do I want to embarrass myself on national radio, yeah, I do. Yes, you uh, do. So both sporting related in a way. I'll, I'll start with the one that doesn't embarrass me. I'm just very proud. So I have two nieces down in Taranaki. One is five. One is two. Uh, just the best girls, as you know, most aunties tend to think of their nieces or nephews. Uh, but the part that is interesting to you is that the five-year-old has taken on a lot of fishing of late. Oh. And so on our last day in New Plymouth, we went out fishing at one of the local lakes uh, with my brother and the two girls, and we kind of didn't really expect much, to be perfectly honest, but she got a wee fishing rod for Christmas. Uh, Ollie and I got her a tackle box and, you know, a few sinkers and hooks and things like that because she's had such an interest in it. Uh, And what do you know? Casts out, three minutes later, reels in a wee perch and she kind of we were talking to each other and she just says I've got one and my brother looks and goes do you (laughs) and she was like yeah I can feel it and he goes over in that kind of classic okay it's going to be you know snagged on something kind of way uh and takes the rod and lo and behold oh she's actually got one ended up catching three that afternoon I think they were there for about an hour 
Oh, sensational. Now she's hooked for life. I would think so. Good fishing pun from you. That was oh, not deliberate, was it? N- none intended. None intended there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's brilliant when uh, you see the youngster catch their first fish. Yeah. It really is. Um, and then my second story for you, Beeve, which is more to my shame, was that when we're away uh, on a kind of a, more of a long weekend, really, than anything, I uh, went to the local golf course. Ollie wanted to play around, just nine holes. Yes. Uh, I'm not quite at the stage where I can play around yet, and by that I mean I'm yet to be um, taken to the driving range so that I can have the kind of full golfing experience so I can feel confident enough to go around the course. Like, I can I can swing it all right, I think, personally, um, but I just, you know, I'd like a, little, a bit of practice before I really try my skills out on the golf course. And so I was just being a great caddy, kind of, you know, reading the green for Ollie, all of those sorts of things. And we get to the end and got about a two-foot putt for uh, for par on the last hole. He says, do you want to have a hit? And I was like, oh, okay, great. This is kind of my, you know, my bread and butter, the old putting. Uh, and lo and behold, guess who missed? <laughs> I'm astounded that uh, after an hour and a half, you were finally allowed to have a turn. Well, it had been offered earlier. But I yes. refused it because every time it had been offered prior to that, it was, you know, off the tee, uh, which I was not confident in. And I didn't want to take that risk. Um, and I instead opted for the easy one, which was also in front of the clubhouse, of course. So yes. all the people had gone. We went quite early in the morning, but there were still a few people around having a coffee and all of that sort of thing. And I just, I felt immense shame, actually. Oh, don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, I know you're probably comparing yourself to Monday to Thursday, Gil Kirst. She only shows the good stuff. Um, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah, this did lots... not make the gram, let me tell no, you. No, there's, there's, there's lots of stuff that doesn't make the gram of Kirst's golfing career at the moment too. So don't beat yourself up about it. You've got to start somewhere. Thanks, I appreciate that, Beef. What about you? What were your uh, highlights of the uh, of the summer break? Oh, look, being locked in. Uh, for a couple of weeks in the Coromandel with the family as it was raining and sideways. Uh, tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all quality time. It doesn't matter how you spend it. It's all quality time. So, no, it was a uh, good break, but, uh, Jesus, good to be back. Very good to be back. And good to be back on a Friday because I've missed making the punters of New Zealand rich. And, of course, it's a beaver's best for the first time in a long time. And, geez, I've already found some wonderful options. Well, we went pretty big last week. I was on the show with Mitch McLennigan, and yes. we ended up putting on a bet that I think it was getting about four and a half. It didn't come through. It was about four and a half thousand dollar return or something like that. So Surprising. you might want to you might want to tone it down from that. Um, and I think probably key to that is to not give me as much input as what I had into the last one. Oh no, you know that when I'm here, you get very little input uh, on Beaver's Best <laughs> with good reason. So. Uh, we won't be we won't be making that mistake. Don't worry. Oh, uh, I think my last week, uh, the one that I put on was oh yeah. Let's just I'll put one leg on um, Nottingham Forest to be. I think it was Bournemouth uh, because in honour of Chris, Chris Wood because he was going there. I was like it'll be his first game probably. You know this is one support the Kiwis and then they ended up drawing. Rude. Yeah, they always say never bet with your heart. It's all I know sometimes. how to bet with, Dave. Sometimes. It's all I know how to bet with. I did see as well a rather cute video of you from the holidays in the in the rain, uh, dragging one of your little ones along on a kneeboard of some description. 
in a rainy, oh, muddy backyard. Yeah, but that, that was as bad as uh, beach as it got at times uh, during the, during the uh, cyclone season in the Coromandel. <laughs> uh, so, no, at one stage the, the, the front yard did pull up and uh, the kids, they, they made the most of the uh, impromptu muddy swimming pool. And uh, once we started to get the boards in there, we really found some traction. Um, <laughs> I think I'll probably put my shoulder out dragging them through it, but uh, yeah. I hope you, you planted. Say, I hope you planted some grass seed on the way out. That's quite cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. No need. Quite cute. Lives through anything. I've got that at home. It's the bane of my existence. I need a Makita power tool to help me sort it out, probably. Yeah, it's an interesting grass that one. Um, we're not. We're not having grass chat on this show. Can't rely on Come, it. <laughs> coming up on the Macca's menu, thanks to Mac Delivery. <laughs> we're going through our sporting headlines next. Brendan Pobblewell and Greg O'Connor on the show in the next hour as well. Then after five o'clock, DJ Forbes joins us. He's just got a very fancy new job, so we're talking to him about that as well as all things sevens at the moment because there's plenty to talk about there. Brett Phillips as well talking tennis and Laurie Horish on all things. NFL too. Then of course we do have our Beavers Best, so remember to get your tips in if you want to be involved in that. And our Makita of Caller of the Week. Big old week this one. That's thanks to McDelivery. Delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. It is 18 past four. Time to talk some of our sporting headlines for the day. One you might have heard in Johnny Mac's news at four o'clock, and that is about Hamish Bond, rowing legend, also cyclist, now turning his hand to Team New Zealand in sailing. Is there anything that man can't do? He spoke to News Hub yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Thrilled, I guess, to, to get the opportunity. It's got a massive legacy, Emirates Team New Zealand, and to think that that can be part of my story is, is really exciting. So a great opportunity and, I guess, just one more uh, one more chapter in the book, so to speak. He is an absolute machine. Like, that man just cannot stop. And when you look at what Team New Zealand were looking for, uh, for people to come on board as a in a kind of cyclo position, which they've brought back for the Barcelona uh, America's Cup. Two main physical qualities we were looking for are athletes that can sustain a really high power output for the length of a race, up to about half an hour, and athletes that can also achieve really high peaks in power that will be used for manoeuvres during races. Now, I've talked to grinders previously who have taught me through like their training and what the trials are like to get into that role, and it is insane. Beef. Like the the level that they anticipate and the and what they put your body through to test it is incredible. Makes complete sense to me actually when you think about it that Hamish Bond is the sort of athlete who is actually able to come through like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is is a surprise that Hamish Bond's doing this? Probably not really. Um, he when he says, "Yeah, it's another chapter in the book." It becomes a hell of a book. I know he's, <laughs> I know he's already done one. Not as good um, as yours, Beef. Oh no, it's it's very impressive. Um, I know he's done one with uh, with his great partner in crime, um, Eric Murray. But jeepers, we've, since then we've had the uh, the Commonwealth Games qualification as a cyclist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had the taking New Zealand to the the Holy Grail of the eights again, and uh, and now this. What well, some CV really is? Does it make and, you think, Beef, that maybe you could have? Um... Given it a crack, you probably still could. Um, 
did is that make me think about giving it a crack. Uh, no, it doesn't. No, not at all. Um, no. There's a certain sort of uh, athlete that can, first of all, handle rowing um, and what that entails, and then it's cycling. And now doing what he's doing, as you say, how intensive the uh, the training regime and uh, and qualification just to get into the that team New Zealand on the grinders. Mm. And the other one on that note that I've actually found really interesting, so they've uh, signed up for new athletes. So it's Hamish Bond, um, Louis Crosby from cycling, Cameron Webster from rowing, but the other one is Dougal Allen, who's actually a two-time coast-to-coast winner. And obviously just to be able to compete in that event alone takes an extraordinary amount of endurance and of stamina. So fascinating for me that he is now transitioned and it seems successfully into a boat, into using that athleticism on a boat. Yeah, well, that, that's, that is the interesting one, isn't it? It's no surprises as far as, again, the level of, I guess, endurance and uh, thirst for pain and what you can put your body through. And that's obviously coast to coast to the, to the core. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. That, I just keep going back to that Hamish Bond aspect. Mm. It, it just blows your mind that, you know, he, and knowing the sort of career he's had, you can't imagine, you wouldn't bet against him from being on the boat when it counts. No, not in the slightest. Can you imagine that in the, uh, in the pool room, so to speak? You've just got, how many is it, three Olympic golds? Two in the pier and one in the eight, is that right? It wasn't three in the pier, was it? Well, I'd have to double check. I'd have to double check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then winning the America's Cup, as well as, like you say, the Com Games as well. Like, just absolutely remarkable. Uh, also making news on the cricket front. Uh, White Ferns coach Ben Sawyer has updated us on the situation with the captain, Sophie Devine. So they're over in South Africa uh, ahead of their warm-ups heading into the T20 World Cup. Sophie Devine has been in a moon boot for the last wee while, which is never what you want to see with a stress fracture in her foot. Here's what Ben has to say. Yeah, again, just taking it nice and slow with her. I think she'll she'll probably look to miss the, the three games against England and then um, I guess the goal is to, to play her in the two official warm-up games. So at the moment, tracking well, did what she needed to do today. I think she was walking around and, and had a little bit of a catch and a throw. So, um, yeah, she's got a bit of a program in place as to what she's got to do to get back on the park. But everyone's really confident she's going to be there for the first game. Thank goodness for that. She actually spoke uh, to TVNZ just before they left their departure uh, and was asked about the moon boat. And she said, oh, you know, physios and things, they just get a bit precious these days <laughs> about why she was in said moon boot. But she's certainly not a player that you would want to uh, see missing out. And especially in those early stages, because I think they've got Australia first up. You know, one of the uh, Easter mainstays. And and if we've probably, obviously we kept a keen eye on the, on the, um, Ladies cricket team over the, the last couple of years, obviously, if World Cup's at home, it, it seems there's about three or four that are relied on heavily uh, to get the runs, and uh, she is certainly one of them. Yes, indeed. And now the other news I really wanted to talk to you about, babe, Brad Moore, former mm. All Blacks assistant, signing on with Scotland ahead of the Six Nations. Thoughts, feelings, hot takes? Uh, I think it just shows, shows the power of um, the CV. And uh, once you get something on your CV, regardless of your departure and the nature of it, you're you're, you're going to have employment, and you're going to have some some great employment. So, no, well done to Brad. Uh, exciting to obviously whip into a, a Six Nations aspect. It's a 
outside of the World Cup, it's probably one of the more exciting competitions to be a part of. Obviously, it's a short, compact one. So, no, I'd imagine he's he's stoked to be back out there. And um, obviously, it would have been a tough time that he's had over the last sort of six months when he, uh, I guess, him and uh, Plumtree were with the scapegoats for, for the early season woes. So, um, no, good luck to him. And, uh, yeah, Scotland. It's, uh, oh, it could be worse places and uh, camping out in Edinburgh for a, for a few weeks of the year. And, uh, and as I said, the Six Nations, it's got so much romance about it. Mm. It's got so much theatre, so much drama, so much history. Uh, it'd be great to be a part of. And uh, I guess it's another Kiwi in the in the coaching regime up there. And uh, good luck to him because, you know, regardless of if he was the right man for the job with the All Blacks, uh, you never want to see somebody, um, I guess, exit like he did. Mm. And, uh, and so... I think it's I think it's good for him and uh, and it, and it's nice that you uh, see he's back on the horse. Particularly interesting as well, like you say, a lot of romance around the Six Nations, but in a World Cup year, you would imagine uh, the added edge to the Six Nations that'll be there this year. Yeah, well, well so much so. I mean, I think their openers against England. Uh, England haven't won in Edinburgh for about six or seven years, which. When you consider the wow. two strengths of the the playing nations, is uh, quite phenomenal. Obviously, England's going up there with Borthwick, and everyone predicts Borthwick to take them back to a real kick and clap sort of style. So I'd imagine that will be a torrid, torrid Joys. view of America. <laughs> Can't <Yes>. wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's pressure, isn't it? And that's uh, that's result based business. And um, a lot of people, they when the pressure comes on, and it's result based business. The uh, the mind narrows, so that's. I mean, I don't know for fact, but that's what's that's what's coming out of England as far as the style of football, especially in the early doors. What the, what you'll see from England under Borthwick. So, but back to your main point. Um, yeah, great, great for Bradmore, and uh, and I and when you think about it, I tell you what, picking up an international gig like that wouldn't be the worst, would it? You Not know? at all. You don't have to go through the grind of club coaching or franchise coaching of week in, week out for a majority of the year. You go in, you get your boys for a week or two before the Six Nations starts. Beautiful, great. See us later. Get together for a World Cup, which I presume he will be a part of the World Cup regime. If uh, if all things go well, it'd have to go drastically wrong for Scotland. And, and, and going drastically wrong for Scotland would you know probably be losing diddly. You know, I think anything else is probably a decent enough campaign for Scotland and the Six Nations. But... Uh, pick up an odd victory here and there. Uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, fascinating. There's some fascinating tales to be told in the Six Nations. Well, I imagine as well with Moore, it's probably quite nice for him to escape New Zealand for a bit, let's be honest. Like when you're dumped that dramatically from a role like that, I imagine it's probably a bit draining, kind of just getting asked about it time and time again by people around you and in the streets and even friends and, you know, friends and colleagues who are well-meaning, I'm sure. So it's probably just quite a nice mental break more than anything. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's funny you say, you know, just get away from New Zealand. He tried to get away from New Zealand, but New Zealand pulled him out of his Welsh deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yeah, no, it's, um, as I said, I, I, regardless of whether he was doing a good job or not for the All Blacks, I think it's nice that, you know, as you said, after being dumped like that, he's uh, he's got himself a nice little gig there of Scotland. Very much so. Uh, hey, now we should also talk about the tennis because we are only a couple of minutes away actually mm. from the men's semi-finals starting. The first one up, Stefanos Tsitsipas up against the Russian Karen Hutchinov. Have you been watching much of the tennis beef? Yes, my girl Azarenka. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, so it's, it's a shame that you've mentioned Sitsipas because Sitsipas was going to be a part of my um, my uh, Beaver's Best, but we what can't. Was? Oh, too early. Too early. Too early. So, people, uh, if you're at home, I've just found a little power play. Sitsipas to win the first service game, win the first set, and win the match. He hasn't dropped the first set in the entire tournament. Uh, that was going to be one leg of Beaver's Best, but if it's about to start, then we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> we, can't get, we can't use that one, but that's not stopping you or me, from uh, having a little side bet on that. Uh, and probably not much point putting, certainly not on the head-to-head for the Novak Djokovic semi-final against Tommy Paul, no. because I think he's paying about a dollar three, even with yep. a dodgy hamstring. You get better odds Dodgy Djokovic, in quotation marks. You're getting better odds at Djokovic's dad to be in jail while the Aussie <laughs> Open than yeah, Djokovic winning. <laughs> Makes me feel a bit sorry for Tommy Paul, but he is unseated, the, uh, the young American, so... Such is life, I suppose. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> you got to be in it to win it, they say. And uh, he is certainly in it. So I'll tell you what, there are probably a few people cheering for him if he gets a bit of a roll on. Who, Tommy Paul? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, <laughs> it, it would be hard to overstate what an upset that would be, really. Novak Djokovic just looks like he's absolutely steaming towards a 10th Aussie Open title. Uh, and Tommy Paul, I doubt many of the wider public outside of avid tennis fans have really heard of up until this point. Uh, and like I say, unseated, like a batch of kind of these young Americans coming through. Who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Here's Johnny Mack with the news. Some heavy fogs, possible thunderstorms and downpours north of Albany, northeasterlies gale in exposed places. It's semi-final time at the Australian Open. Catch live commentary tonight and across the weekend on SENZ. <laughs> With Run Home on ECNZ with Kim and Beeve. Hope your Friday afternoon is going, well, I was going to say going swimmingly, and then I thought, actually, given the weather in Auckland at the moment, that's possibly uh, not appropriate. But I hope it is going well just the same. Beeve, you'll be very happy that you've avoided uh, traffic by doing the show from home today, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I've actually uh, the better half and uh, some other family off to Alton John tonight, so um, I wish them well. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so good luck with uh, the traffic, uh, the stadium, and uh, and everything in between. It's uh, oh, brutal. Some, some night. That's that's not ideal. I'm just I'm not even looking forward to just the drive home, and it's all of about not even 15 minutes. Oh well, one thing I am looking forward to, and that's talking to our main man from the TAB, Brendan Popplewell. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. BP, thank you so much for joining us. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things you mentioned there about the Alton John concert just don't don't sound good, does it? Uh, it's a real unfortunate situation there. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to know how many pullouts are going to be. How many people have decided they're just not going? Uh, I, I guess it's probably the next question. But um, good luck to those that are going. Hard, though, right? Because it's Alton John. Like, the chances that you're yeah. going to get to see him perform live again yeah. are possibly quite yeah. slim. Oh, no, he's done. He's done. This is it. This is it. Is this the end of his last tour? Yeah, he said that. Well, his manager said it. Alden needs to put his feet up. Oh. Well, he's done for. In, that, in which case, you know, you can't let a bit of rain 
and some terrible traffic and no viable public transport options stop you, can you? No, you've just got, just got to uh, swallow a few pills and, uh, and, and toughen up and say, yep, uh, I'm there and, and I'm getting there. So, um, yep, yep, yep. If you're going, go and enjoy it. I mean, you'll get wet, but who cares? Exactly. Um, it could make it more fun, BP. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends what pills the BP's swallowing there, I guess. But, um... <laughs> pills. Oh, pills, sure. Gotcha. Gotcha, mate. Gotcha. <laughs> I was going to say, sorry, are we defaming BP live on here now? Uh, for those of us not having the pleasure of going out to Elton John in the pouring rain, I imagine many of us BP will be sitting inside on the couch enjoying the Australian Open semi-finals. Have you got much action going on there? <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, good on you, B, for clearing that up. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have. We've got a lot of support around um, Djokovic, actually, uh, in our little uh, boost that we've got here. Now, of course, uh, we've got uh, Djokovic to win the first set, 6-love, six 6-1, six or 6-2. Six uh, and that is at $3. That That is by far our most popular tennis bet. Uh, around Djokovic uh, tonight because they're trying to find value. They're trying to find somewhere where they can cheer for Djokovic and feel like you're getting some, some value for money, and, and that's that's the one that uh, punters have gravitated towards. Also, uh, if, you, if you're that way inclined around tennis, you don't, you don't want it to wait till half past 11 at night for, the, for your bet to come in and you're having to sit through three sets or maybe a five-setter. You know it's going to be done and dusted by... Uh, set number one uh, just after nine, uh, just after probably 10 o'clock. So uh, that is one bit that has been well backed. I, I will mention the game that's about to start, and, and uh, Sitsipas is, is a player that has been very, very well played to win this match. Our biggest bet on him has been $9,000 to win the first set uh, at $1.49. Now, I think, B, you might have dropped the stat that, uh, what was it again, hasn't dropped... Uh, hasn't dropped the first set. Is that correct in the tournament? No, not all tournament. He's uh, he's won them all and comfortably. Yeah, dollar forty nine looks like great money for those of anyone that got around that. So uh, and head to head markets uh, have all been taken around the uh, Tetsapas. So we'll be seeing a dollar thirty five, two thousand at that price. So um, yeah, might be a, those that are, that have already had a bit in the match are looking for some live betting options around it. Uh, it's looking like a jog of a Tetsapas final. Now, the other bit, I, uh, as of as it is Friday, BP, looking for Beaver's best uh, value. Uh, sevens, obviously, over in Sydney this week. And oh, I don't like doing it, but I'll call it insurance money. Uh, if our superstar woman weren't to win it, you'd think it would be Aussie at home, um, who are a phenomenal sevens team themselves. And uh, quite a juicy, uh, I think, it's a two-horse race, isn't it, usually, uh, in the women's, women's circuit. So the outright yeah. winner market, very interesting. Them at 240, if it's not them, it's the Kiwi girls. So I just think uh, that might be worth uh, chucking in your multis. Yeah, well, when we spoke yesterday, we had some early interest on, on New Zealand at, at the dollar seventy, But, of course, with Australia you know, not going all the way and getting knocked out early, in fact, in the Hamilton Sevens, uh, we have seen some money uh, around Australia in the last 24 hours at that $2.40 price. Look, there's only two teams they're backing, uh, and it's the two at the top of the market, New Zealand uh, and Australia. But uh, yeah, 240 uh, has certainly taken a fair bit of interest uh, of late. I'll jump to uh, one of the games that's not too far away, and of course it's uh, New Zealand playing Uruguay. Now, again, 
you can't back them. Uh, they're, they're not paying anything to, to win the match. But a lot of punters are looking at the point start here, uh, which is uh, 28.5 at $1. eighty-seven for, for New Zealand. So if you're uh, looking up for that game, which will be in about half an hour, I think it is, or maybe a little bit less, we've seen some money around the, the point start option there. So when uh, these games are on, uh, in terms of round rob, uh, you know, one game after another, we always seem to get a lot of multis either running through the head-to-heads or the point starts. And of course, it just keeps going and going and going throughout the throughout the night. And same with the early starts of the morning. So that's where punters normally work towards uh, in our rugby sevens markets. Um, black caps, bit of touch on the yes. black caps too. Um, good money for them. Uh, we've seen some money for them. Two eighty-five is the price for the black caps. In India, a dollar thirty-eight. And Devon Conway's been in great form, and we've got a boosted price around Conway to make a fifty, and that is boosted from three twenty to $3.80. But yeah, overall, Black Caps are taking some support. And one for your multi. Three Kiwis to get 30 or over. Dorothy five. That looks like a multi little filler for me. Yeah. Maybe, maybe find... a Beaver's best option, Beef? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, okay. That's a contender. It's a contender mm. at the moment. Mm. Um, NFL was the other one I wanted to ask you about, BP. Does it tend to be much of a hit in New Zealand once we get to this stage oh, of proceedings? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not just not just when we get closer to the Super Bowl, but throughout the year. I mean, NBA, NBA in terms of our American sports is is our number one, uh, and then you'd have to say NFL and and also Major League Baseball. Uh, the, the, boy, the, the, these turn over there, and it, there's always interest when we get to the pointy end of the competition as well. Well, we've seen a fair bit of shift in the market for the Kansas City Chiefs and the and the Bengals now that. This has flipped around twice. It's gone back towards the Kansas City Chiefs as the favourites. They weren't initially. They were initially. Then it was the Bengals. Now it's gone back to the Chiefs with a real strong support for them. Now at a dollar seventy-eight, Patrick Mahomes. He was of course playing injured uh, last week, but punters are pretty keen to be with them. The Bengals, of course, they lost the Super Bowl to the Rams last year. They are one ninety-five. I still thought they were a bit at that price. To be honest with you, the Cincinnati Bengals with how well they played last week with Joe Burrow. Uh, who's running the cutter there, of course. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, 163 against the San Francisco 49ers at $2.17. We know the Eagles uh, have great great offense, but boy, defensively, the San Francisco 49ers have got it too. That could be a real blockbuster at 9 o'clock in the morning uh, on Monday. So, yeah, both games evenly matched, and we've seen uh, good money so far for the Bengals at the price of $1.95. Oh, looking forward to it, BP. Thank you so very much. Appreciate your time as ever. And some good little options for Beef to ponder as well, I think, for Beaver's best today, which uh, he's nodding along. So I take that to mean he's been jotting down a lot of ideas. Uh, Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. That is R18. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Hold on to your seats. It's The Run Home with Kim and Beeve. Yes, you're with Kim and Beeve, and it's our half hour of uh, punting power. Just came up with that one, Beeve. Actually, you're welcome. Uh, because now we're talking to Greg O'Connor from Harness Racing New Zealand. Harness Racing, get amongst it, hrnz.co.nz. Greg, thank you for coming on down at Addington tonight, I believe. Certainly am, Kimberly. Hello to you and to Beeve. Looking forward to uh, 2023 and 
Yeah, Addington Raceway. Well, today in Christchurch, it's been sweltering about 30 degrees. It has Stop cooled it. off a little bit, which is a good thing. It has been. It's been unreal today. Um, plenty of sun, and, but it has uh, cooled off tonight. It was a good thing for the horses uh, and everyone participating because... You know, it's not ideal to be uh, running to your maximum when it's uh, when it's that warm. But um, yeah, it's it's good now, and uh, looking forward to the first meeting back here at Addington Raceway in a month, which seems like an eternity. I dare say it seems like an eternity since we've had a day like York explaining right uh, now in Christchurch up here, Greg. I can assure you of that, mate. But uh, what are the, what are the races you're looking forward to tonight at Addington? Uh, we've got the mares here, B. So they're here for the big group one in two weeks' time. Uh, this is this race here is called the Premier Mares Championship with Garrards, and in two weeks they go around at group one level. This one's worth fifty, and the next one's a hundred, I think. So um, it gives uh, the fairer sex their opportunity to uh, to grab some group race glory. And uh, tonight's drawn a cracking field. Uh, All American Lover, she won the Queen of Hearts at Alexandra Park in December and did that in good style. She comes up with barrier nine though today, so the outside of the front row and drawn to her inside are the pair of Bob Butts, Kelly's Delight and Manhattan, both of which Manhattan uh, was successful at Alexandra Park two starts back and then was second to All-American Lover. Um, she likes to go forward, get the lead and doesn't like to let any other horse run past her. And Kelly's delight didn't have much luck on that campaign up there. Uh, she's also got very good Kate Speed and Bees. You'll love yes. this being driven by Blair Orange, who uh, has won his fifth premiership in a row uh, at the end of December. And he drove this horse at the trials the other day. And I thought, hello, this was a nice run. It's just run into third. Very, very uh, good last hundred metres. Put up seven dollars when the odds came out on Wednesday. Last look, three dollars eighty. So there's been money for Kelly's Delight. And that's the one I think you could back each way tonight. So Kelly's Delight each way in race seven, number seven. And anything else uh, tonight that you, you like the look of, mate? I do like an each way bet. Needs a bit of luck, but it's a horse I, I really like. He's, his name is Sonny Louie. Race eight, number 10. He's drawn the inside second row. But he's a smarty Sonny Louie. He's going to win a lot more races than most that he's up against tonight. Uh, and he's about 7 or $8, so it's a nice price for him. And in race five, I thought you could have something each way on Better Be Sharp, number five, Sarah O'Reilly. She's won a couple of national premierships. She's won an Australasian uh, Junior Drivers Championship too. Uh, she's driving this one for a dad, Jared. Uh, Better Be Sharp, race five, number five, would be worth speaking tonight. And on Sunday, we head to the Mount Harding. We've got uh, Nesvin. Uh, Trotting club out there, big grass track. You know, every horse gets their chance. They've got a ten race program there on Sunday, twelve thirty to kick things off. And it's a pretty even sort of field. I thought Harry Belafonte would be worth an each way bet in race two, number seven. Uh, John Morrison will be on talk. We're on between eleven and twelve on a Sunday on SENZ, so he can give us the latest there. And he's got a number of other chances from his stable as well. So uh, yeah, it might be worth that tuning in and having a listen to that on that Sunday and Saturday. We actually race at Winton as well. So there is a rather large number of harness meetings on at the moment, as you would expect at this time of year, Beef. Absolutely, mate. And uh, I don't need to press you here, but I was actually with uh, absolute royalty uh, this morning in Cambridge. The one and only Mr. Purden uh, was uh, braving the... I heard such a thing, Beef. I did hear with her. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, he's a great man, Mark Purden. Uh, you know, arguably our greatest 
uh, well, certainly in harness racing, but he's right up there in, in horse racing in New Zealand uh, ever, and, and, and you know the, the deeds that he's been able to uh, achieve on the track, um, you know they, they, they could never be overstated. And of course, he won the first ever race by Grins with Self Assured, so that'll always sit close to your heart, I'm sure, Beef. It's absolutely. He's told me in a couple of weeks he's making this journey north, and uh, he's looking forward to yep. a big season up here. Yeah, no, well, he's a master horse, and he's now teamed up with his son, Nathan, so uh, they're a training combination. They've got 50 or 60 horses in work, about a driver five on from my house, so often I hear them working in the morning beef when they're uh, stomping around the track, and, um, yeah, look, he, he's a champion horseman, and, uh, yeah, things are really heating up for that, uh, uh, what are we, April 12th, 14? 14, 14, so, April 14. 14, yep. 14. Yep. Yeah, it's the same yep. date, isn't it? Exactly the same yep. date as last year. This time it's on a Friday night, which is going to be far more, uh, let's say, conducive to people wanting to, to enjoy themselves <laughs> perhaps a little bit longer than normal. Is that, is that fair? Is that political? Yeah, yeah I, think it's yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think they unenjoyed themselves last year, but it just <laughs> no, has the potential. No, I just made that, yes. <laughs> just maybe even more so, yeah, with having a full weekend to recover. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing it. Uh, well, Greg, I'm about to uh, enjoy myself putting you on the spot just before we let you go. If you had to... Uh, put an option in for a Beaver's Best today, what would you be going for? Look, I think Kelly's the line. I really do. The money's come yeah. for her, and um, I just love that trial. So if I was going to put one in, it would it would be her. So that's race seven, number seven. Let's let's kick the season off, uh, or the new year off, on the right note and, and get one up in the, in the first week. Sensational. Thank you as always, mate. Sounds brilliant. Thank no you, Greg O'Connor. Good on you, guys. Great talking to you. Lovely talking to you as always, Greg. Live the dream. Get involved in harness racing today. NZ Harness Racing. Visit hrnz.co.nz. By Not only is it the run home with Kim and Beaver, it's the run home on a Friday and the texts are rolling in for Beaver's best. Thank you, folks. Beaver, uh, I'll let you do the honours of reading out a couple of your favourites early on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've got an early one from Brett and uh, he says it's not exactly the run home by Grins Miami Dolphins, no. They're on their end of the season party and, uh, well, if you live in Miami, like, where do you go for your end of the season? Uh, do you just stay in Miami or... Is there somewhere better to go? Who knows? But uh, Maybe just somewhere different. Just somewhere different. Yeah. Um, Brett's looking at uh, Paddy Mahomes um, and Joe Burrow to combine for 550-plus passing yards and five-plus touchdowns between them at $3.10. Um, we like that, do we, team? We don't mind it. I just, I just wanted to enter the chat here with my uh, fun fact about Paddy yes. Mahomes. Mm. 27 years old. He's the oldest quarterback Starting quarterback left. Ooh. Yeah. So Joe Burrow is about oh, 25-ish. Might be mistaken there. 26. My apologies. Uh, who else have we got? And a 23-year-old and 24-year-old. So it's a young man's game these days, Beef. And is, and is one of these guys going to emerge as the next long-term superstar of the, uh, of the league? You have officially pushed me to the brink of my knowledge. Well, you're about already NFL saying quarterbacks. You'd already say Patrick Mahomes has. Yes. Like he is the he is the guy. Thank God for Jacob. Has he got Super Bowls? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I've heard of him. He's a big name. I know. Burrows. Burrows feels like he's been around for years. Jacob. Burrow. Oh, he no has, S. but he 
but he had an emerging year last year. Okay. Well, good on him. His time has come. That was yours. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for the run home with Kim and Beeve. And welcome to the run home on SENZ this Friday, the 27th of January. Kim Downs and Stephen Donald taking you through the evening. A beautiful one from the sounds if you're in the South Island. Not so much uh, if you are in the allegedly winterless north, uh, where it is absolutely hosing down, uh, which you will well know if you are anywhere in the vicinity of Auckland at the moment. But that's okay because what can you do? Sit at home, tune into the run home and enjoy the chat. Hey, babe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> not a whole lot You're else You're offering it, on. right? You're offering it. Well, I think they're relying mostly 80% you, 20% me, but we'll, uh, we'll get there. Oh, the woman bearing the burden? Ugh, well, I never. Unheard of. <laughs> the show, of course, brought to you thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, and it's always good on a Friday as well because we do have our Makita Caller of the Week who will be dialing up a little bit later on with Makita Rule the Outdoors. And because it's Beaver's best day today, you can get your texts in on the Temper text machine. Temper and bedposts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Which is something a lot of us will probably feel like doing for the weekend in spite of the fact that it's Auckland anniversary, I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't appear to be too much outdoors going on. And by listening to the uh, news there with Johnny, uh, it doesn't look like you want to be swimming anywhere near Auckland at the moment um, with the... Uh, with the water issues and the overflow in uh, some of the uh, inner city beaches. Mm, lovely. Maybe just stay at home, peruse a Macca's menu. Uh, and thanks to McDelivery, you can get your Macca's. Honestly, I am just reeling them off at the that moment. Was Thank you. On our Macca's menu, thanks to McDelivery today. Very shortly, uh, we are speaking to Sevens Legend, a new general manager of the Athlete Managers Network, DJ Forbes. Brett Phillips also joins us to talk all things tennis a little later on. Laurie Horish as well, uh, with everything you need to know about the NFL as we get to the pointy end of the season. Beaver's Best and the Makita Caller of the Week coming your way too. Thanks to McDelivery. Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. And while we're on the Macca's note, it is now time for our feature interview. Thanks to McDelivery as well with the aforementioned Sevens Great. Then had a stint with the Rugby Players Association and with the NZOC as the Athlete Engagement Manager and is today being named the General Manager of the Athlete Managers Network. DJ, thank you so much for joining us. And I would just love for you to explain what General Manager of Athlete Managers Network means. 
Oh, cool. Uh, just before, uh, it's actually the Athlete Leaders Network, so uh, just to clear that up. Apologies. <laughs> you guys are well. No, no worries. Um, but, yeah, it's really just um, a, a network we'll put together, um, you know, that will hopefully enhance, you know, the strength of money of Athlete Voice across New Zealand. Um, as you can imagine, you know, there's sort of a lot of member federation sports with different resources and um, needs and support and whatnot. So, um, yeah, just trying to create a, a network where we can um, fill some gaps and provide some support, you know, where needed and and uh, really just make the, the sports sector voice um, as best we can. So, DJ, is that about kind of being available to, to hear from the athletes when they're having issues, taking those issues and, and trying to help resolve them with their with their governing bodies, with the NZOC? Is, is that the sort of work we're talking about? Yeah, it'll be a, a little bit of everything, but you've kind of you know, hit it on the head with that one. I think um, what we'll try and do at, the, I guess, the ground level is build you know, more sport leaders. So obviously if we can um, you know, grow their leadership capabilities, then uh, when they do, you know, get to speak in whatever uh, groups or commissions that they within their own national sporting organisations and hopefully they'll be, you know, they'll feel at least a lot more empowered and educated to, to have a voice and, you know, to be, um, I guess, more effective in those decision, you know, making <laughs> tables that affect them in their day-to-day activities. Now, DJ, uh, in a former life before you were a uh, board member uh, these days, um, you were an outstanding <laughs> sevens player. Um, emotional week last week, seeing New Zealand uh, have their last... Uh, World Series event, well, for, for the immediate future anyway? Yeah, it was pretty tough. I mean, uh, especially, you know, they went right down to the last second in their, in their final. So, I mean, those boys will be hurting. But, and you, you'll know, you know, a couple of the boys in there, I think, you know, the beauty of seven is you get to, you know, try again a week later. So everyone will be eyes on Sydney to try and, you know, um, do one better. But, yeah, I think the fact that it's gone is going to be tough for New Zealand. But I, I hear that, you know, there's still going to be a lot of plans in the sense that, make sure that you know, Sevens is still visible um, in New Zealand at least. Did you get very reflective, DJ? Because you'd have a lot of great memories, I imagine, from maybe not well, not Hamilton presumably, but in Wellington from Sevens tournaments uh, in, in past years. Do you have any particular standout ones from your own time playing? Oh, I mean, yeah, Wellington in the heyday was, was pretty hard <laughs> to, uh, to compare. I think there was a little part of me when I found out I'd never be in the crowd. <laughs> so that was, you know, was probably the toughest part because, like, yeah, I did. I, I, you know, obviously, having seen everyone get out and about, and obviously, you know, my family came down to a lot of those, the Wellington Sevens. Um, my first opportunity to jump in the the stands, I guess, was was actually, and no disrespect to Hamilton, it was it was a, it was a good weekend, but it was uh, nothing like I was expecting when I was sort of referring to to Wellington at its at its peak. Um, so yeah, some some fond memories are playing on the pitch, but. I wish I would have embraced amongst the action in Wellington, but never happened. Now, DJ, obviously the boys and, uh, and girls have ended up in Sydney this weekend, and uh, it's I guess it's grabbed a few headlines this week that a, that a pretty famous uh, son of gets his first crack at the, the Sevens. Have you, have you seen much of uh, young Peyton Spencer? Yeah, well, I got a, a bit of a glimpse at him at the, at the condos. So, um, and I know he's a... He's a so everyone's pretty excited to um, see how he goes this weekend. So I'm sure he'll find a way to you know, get him some game time. Um, but you know, I think it'll be a great chance for him to you know, to go out there and make a name for himself. He's already doing that already. But in the series, I think everyone will be pretty excited to see him in action.
And when it comes as well to, to the women's team, the Black Fern Seven, someone who is already making a name for themselves, uh, I think it's fair to say, is Georgia Miller, the teenager out of Canterbury, who has had a few opportunities, but this probably is where I would say she is, and the Hamilton has stamped her mark the most so far. Had you seen much of her prior to Hamilton? And, and what is it about this group that just keeps on producing this sensational talent? Yeah, but I saw a little bit of her sort of coming coming through. Um, but like you said, um, last weekend, she really yeah, stamped her, her name um, across that, that tournament. And I think this will be probably a, a real test to see if she can back it up now that a lot of those you know countries would have seen her at, at her best. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, a parcel of the, the Simmons environment. If you can uh, you know, do it week in, week, week out, you know, it's the hardest part of it and being consistent. Um, but yeah, she definitely put on a show, and I think it's just uh, you know that you know they talk about it all the time, the culture that those girls have got going on. Mm. A lot of the um, athletes, especially the young ones, just come in and they thrive because they you know there's um, I guess no no pressure, you know no hierarchy. It's you know everyone's you know there to go out and, and give it a crack and, and enjoy you know what they, they love doing and that's playing footy. Mm. And just back on that note, I suppose of of it being the last. World Series tournament in New Zealand for for the time being, at the at the very least, is there any fear for you? You know, so as someone who's such a, a a proud veteran of the game, about the interest level in sevens kind of waning a little bit without having a tournament here, because I'd I'd hate to see it become one of those ones where people, you know, are primarily only paying attention in an Olympic year, for example. Yeah, well, I think the the schools and um you know i, I guess the even the, the world schools to a degree you know there's that's a you know they both are great tournaments um, but i think yeah it's trying to put a little bit more prestige back into i guess uh, you know the, the national sevens program in regards to you know having the nationals and, and finding the venue where we can attract a lot of you know spectators and, and get the community and everyone you know behind because yeah it's, it's going to be a, a missing part of i guess the rugby calendar not having a sevens event here so we can Get it back to, I guess you know, similar to they used to play in Queenstown, and that was a you know, bit yeah. of an attraction for the mm. sevens down there. You know, those kind of little things um, will go a long way, I think, to keep the game thriving in New Zealand at least. Uh, and, and just back on the new job, DJ, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I think you know, I know being an athlete, it's important to have your heard, and uh, I'm just really looking forward to connecting with the athletes and the sports to um, you know try and see where we can grow more sport leaders. You know, within the NSO, so they can you know have a voice and be effective. But uh, I think the relationship building and, and I, I guess leading athletes know that you know, this will be you know a trusted, um, a safe, and, and hopefully an effective uh, platform for them to get yeah, the voice their concerns. And do you see, I guess, uh, some of that in a way happening already? Like you've been involved in and around a lot of athletes for a few years now, you know, uh, like we mentioned, as a bit of an engagement manager, you know, going to Com Games, going to Olympics, that sort of thing uh, with athletes, helping them settle into these environments. Over the years that you've been doing that sort of work, have you been seeing athletes taking on a stronger voice and being willing to kind of stand up for themselves a bit more over time? Is this a progression of that? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, and that's that's pretty evident across you know, the sports sector. And I, I think it's just um, for for me at least, just trying to you know establish some bare minimums for you know. There's a lot of other sports that don't have the size, let alone you know the the resource or support you know mm. to to have an athlete group or an athlete uh, representative sort of speak on behalf 
of those sports. So I think, you know, we've already seen with the network, you know, knowledge sharing between sports and, you know, um, athletes or athlete representatives sort of seeing that even the are having the same, you know, issues that uh, they have. So it's, you know, and, and, you know, once we see those sort of common threads and trends, then we can work on sort of, you know, um, education and, and filling gaps and trying to support where we need to be. So it's a, it's a good space to be in. Mm, it's a very noble cause, DJ, so we certainly wish you all the best with that. Uh, you're not heading along to Elton John tonight, are you? No, well, like Stephen said, I think you can hear the sirens in the background. I think most uh, streets are flooded around, uh, around my area, so I don't know whether I'll be able to get anyway. So it sounds like a bit of drama to get there. Oh, honestly, bring back summer. Bring back <laughs> summer. That's the new campaign here on The Run Home. DJ Forbes, thank you so very much uh, for your time. Congratulations on the new role and wishing you all the very best for it. Awesome. Cheers, guys. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. DJ Forbes there, brought to you by uh, Macca's and McDelivery. Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. For Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years, it's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. Nothing. Like, Patrick wanted to come up and say hello, and I didn't really want him to. And, uh, and, and my... From my recollection, that was it. I didn't see a tee, I didn't feel a tee, I didn't whatever. Um, obviously, someone else saw that, but it's definitely a storm in a teacup. So, uh, obviously, nothing. I can't believe it's actually turned into a story, but, um, yeah, it's it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I was subpoenaed by his lawyer on Christmas Eve. So, I mean, of course, like, I'm just trying to have a nice time with my family and, and you know, someone shows up on your doorstep and delivers that. You know, you're not... You're not going to take that well. So, um, you know, again, I said in there, I'm, I'm living in reality. I don't know where he's living, but you know, I, I don't. I, if I were in his shoes, I wouldn't expect a hello or a handshake. That is our resin colourful sporting moment of the week. That's Rory McIlroy chatting to the media after he and Patrick Reed had a, a bit of a spat shall we say, the Dubai Desert Classic. So by way of background, Rory McIlroy, he's on the driving range. Uh, Patrick Reed approaches him, and Patrick Reed's one of the one of the live guys. Uh, McIlroy obviously has been very vocal uh, for a long time uh, about how he feels about that, and it is certainly not favourable. McIlroy said he was busy practising, didn't feel the need to acknowledge him. Uh, Reed then apparently threw a T toward him. Rory says he didn't see or feel anything but as you heard uh, in that audio there he was certainly in no mood to have any any sort of civility after he was served a subpoena on Christmas Eve by Team Reed. Now if I was getting the lawyers on anyone I would certainly not be you know, be, not that you would ever give me cause to and I'd like to think but certainly, if you ever gave me cause to serve some sort of papers on you, I wouldn't then be popping into the office and going, hey, mate, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Bit disillusional there, uh, <laughs> Mr. Reid. Um, firstly, um, yeah, I wouldn't think you would feel a golf tee being thrown at you. Not the sharpest or heaviest devices. <laughs> but can someone explain to me why, um, and I've only heard of subpoenas because I've a mad fan of Suits. Uh, watched every episode. Uh, really binged when I was in Japan. At least you're honest. Um, that's where I actually saw the good side of uh, Megan Markle. Um, 
But um, we're about to go off on a tangent here. I'm, I'm, I'll he, get into it. What would he be issuing McElroy a subpoena for? Is is, is there defamation as, as far as what McElroy said about a few of them going off, or unless there's what have they done a dodgy deal together? Maybe a property development that um, one's ripping off the other. What's what's the subpoena for? No, I think it's more broad than that. Around live, I'm not sure of the details, but I don't think it was like I don't think this is a thing specifically aimed at uh, McElroy. In fact, I think he wants him to testify on his side of things, if that makes sense. Um, but it's yeah, it's very confusing. And Reed went on to call McElroy a, an immature little child, and I, just the projection there is absolutely incredible. Got us thinking about some other golfing spats as well, uh, didn't it, Beave? And I mean, the first one that comes to mind for me is the the Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau one. And you remember those uh, those videos when one of them. Gosh, one of them was doing an interview and the other one walked behind and the other one rolled their eyes and it could not have been more obvious. Um, I think it was Kepka rolling his eyes at DeChambeau after he interrupted an interview. Um, Just the pettiness levels of these grown men who get to play sport (laughs) for a living and earn a very good living from it is unbelievable. Yeah, but that feud gave us one of the great one-liners ever dished out in all of sledging. And it was something along the lines, um, I think the Shambo might have said it to Kepke or the other way around. Well, it had to be one of them said it to each other. <laughs> uh, been on li- living rent-free in his, in his brain. Uh, and it, oh, sorry, living rent-free in his head. It's, uh, it's wonderful in there. Um, that's... <laughs> That was one of the great one-liners I think I've heard in sports uh, sports sledging. <laughs> You'd have delivered a few uh, good sledges in your time, Beave, surely. Uh, surely. Uh, stays on the field. Stays on the field. Oh, um, rubbish! <laughs> it does. It does. Bring it out into the open, mate. It's time. <laughs> did it make it? Uh, did it make it into the book? Uh, uh, no, no. I was, I was a lover in the book. Very much. you got to look at your glass half full, don't you? I suppose so. Hey, and while we're on uh, the Dubai Desert Classic, though, just quickly, slight tangent from golfing spats. Uh, But as you would have heard in the news as well, Ryan Fox doing very well on day two. He's up up to a tie for eighth uh, there before play got suspended. Rory sitting back in a tie for 12th. I think he got through 15 holes. So go Foxy. Absolutely go Foxy. And uh, Rory's just, I don't know, he's just, Warming himself to everyone's hearts at the moment. He, I think oh. he's, he's coming out of us so good, to be fair. He is um, smelling of roses. That is your Razine Colourful Sporting Moment. Thanks to Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. Plenty of texts coming in, and keep them coming in for Beaver's Best. Uh, this one's from Richie. Hey, all, for Beaver's Best tomorrow, meet four, race seven, number nine, top four at 4.20 for Sam Spratt. Factor is what Richie's likes. 420 for a top four. That is juicy. We are going to have to investigate that one further. Craig, hi Kim and Beave and the team. Beaver's best for me is a power play in the cricket. Any New Zealand bowler to bowl a maiden at $7. Cheers, Craig the Bay. Craig, no. Craig. No. <laughs> Have you watched any of the ODIs? It's only going to go up another level. Uh, India's going to be trying to hit 400 in a 2020 game. This is going to be something else. If there's a maiden, 
Okay, if there's a maiden, Craig, I can't go with you this week. I cannot go with you. But if there is a maiden in this T20 game, you can text back next Friday, and I, hand on heart, you get the $50. Beav, are you allowed to make those sort of promises? Yes, because, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Come on, this should be paying a lot more than 7 bucks. I need to talk to BP. This should be 107 bucks. Who would, okay, let's go through the hypothetical, though. Yep. If there was going to be a bowler to bowl a maiden, who have you got? Well, it's friend of a show, um, Ish Sodi. I would go Mitch Santner. Mm, very economical in T20. Um, well, that's but, why I would have gone in beef. Yeah, but see, I'm friend of a show sort of. <laughs> uh, Wait, do you, mean, do you mean to tell me, after all the lectures you've given me, that you are choosing with your heart over your head? Mm, I'm very fond of Ish. He now, comes on here and he's a great character. Would you like to read Craig's other text? Uh, no, it's for you. <laughs> you can it's read for it. you. you we've, can started read it. 20, we've started 2023 with a dad joke because my co-host loves them and you guys have somehow bought into and it. And I love you for buying into it. Right, here's the good one. Two vultures are boarding a plane in Denver. Each carry two dead raccoons. A cabin crew member stops them and says, sorry, only one carry on per passenger. <laughs> And, and now we've got canned studio laugh for it, Jacob. This is really? production behind it. Do yeah. we think this should be a whole segment on the Friday show? No, I no we don't. No, I reckon. no, we don't. Kim's Kim's crack up jokes. <laughs> Kim's, I don't know. I'll think of something. Kim's crack ups. Yeah, that's good. Or you could use, I mean, if it's dad jokes, dad jokes with downs. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Really? That is a good one. Thank you. Beav, I notice you're not contributing dad's, anymore. Dad's jokes bring me down. Um, oh, baby! Come on, lighten up a little. <laughs> oh. It's a Friday, Friday. Oh, s- sorry for being the only serious sports journalist in this room. Um, you know, here I was thinking I was Stephen Donald One News, Sydney. Everyone needs a uh, day off sometimes. <laughs> I, what I was enjoying most about that was just the silence that was following each <laughs> sentence out of your mouth, babe. Hey, one more. Bef- one more before we go to a proper professional. The only other one in this crew, uh, Johnny Mack. Uh, hi, Kim and Beave. My first Beaver's best for 2023 is a banger. Boosted odds for George Kittle to score a TD, which is a touchdown uh, for you, uh, Kim. And 49ers to win at six bucks. Don't mind that. Cheers, Andre. Jacob, yes or no? Yeah, I like that. Ooh, Andre, you're a chance. Five thirty-three PM. You're on the run home on SENZ with Kim and Beave, and time for a little bit of an update uh, on what some of our wahine toa are up to in our women in sport. Thanks to Vertical Logistics, uh, Under Nineteen Women's World Cup. Now, if you haven't been following this one, and Mitch and I talked a lot about it last week, it is a fascinating one. Not least because you have teams involved that you never would have thought of, like Rwanda who have an under-19s cricket team and have actually pulled off a couple of upsets against the likes of the West Indies 
in this tournament, which we love to see, but also the New Zealand side are doing extremely well. They've made it through to the semi-finals so far. They play India, I think that that's tonight in the semi-finals. Uh, so we'll certainly be supporting them. A really good team, great uh, way to look at some of the younger talent, but also the younger talent, the current talent. There are a few actual White Ferns uh, who have been part of that squad or are in that squad as well. So Fran Jonas, who unfortunately uh, was injured and didn't actually get to play a game and so has just been recovering in time for the T20 World Cup with White Ferns over in South Africa. The likes of Georgia Plimmer, who's been going great guns. uh, They have just come off the back of a big win over Pakistan. So fingers crossed they will be able to absolutely take it to India overnight New Zealand time tonight. You'd have surely be when it comes to these sorts of things. You know, people often talk about those age grade national tournaments as being some of the best times in their in their careers just because of the camaraderie and the fun and there's a bit less pressure. You must have some good memories of, of that sort of time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we went to a couple of 21 World Cups, uh, which back in the in the old language was, was New Zealand Colts. Uh, and that was the first big team I sort of made. So uh, absolutely fond memories. We had we had one World Cup in Reading, uh, which we uh, which we won, and we were we were complete outsiders because the Aussies, the South Africans, all had teams littered with Super Rugby players, and uh, we had one which was the one and only Sammy Tutapol, and uh, he was our captain, and he was my second five. So so that was great fun. And uh, you say it's not as serious. Yeah, it's fun. It must be New Zealand rugby sort of thing. You just feel, uh, even though you're playing for the Colts and obviously it wasn't the Beatle Indoor, you just feel the pressure of trying to win it um, and the expectation. But we certainly had great fun along the way. Um, the second year, we went straight back there. To, I think it was in Scotland and Edinburgh. And uh, we had a we had a hell of a lot more star-studded team. We had a whole lot more bigger names. And uh, we, uh, we, <laughs> we made the final. And you say, talk about relax. We had this policy, as they always do for those age grade teams, sort of saying, you know, no alcohol until the end, end of it all, and um, as you should when you're only 19 or 20, and, and we'll have a layer up under, in uh, good situations, um, in, uh, how do you say, controlled situations mm. at, uh, at the end of it all. Closely and, monitored. Uh, closely monitored. And again, Australia had a pretty superstar team full of super rugby players and, and what have you. So we were on one side of the draw, Aussie were on the other, and um, we won our semi final. I don't know who it was against, maybe England or something. We won our semi-final, and uh, we, as I say, you played it three or four days, and uh, <laughs> we went out that night, and uh, we went out unbeknowing of the result of the other semi-final, uh, but we were only going out sober because we'd been told, oh, look, <laughs> we, uh, we we weren't going to touch a drop until we won the thing. And then news came through that Ireland had actually upset Australia, and uh, in those days, no one gave Ireland uh, much respect at those sorts of tournaments, and... Uh, Funny enough, uh, once news came through, the boys thought we'd already won it. Um, so the alcohol ban went out the window, and um, I think it was called Three Sisters, this big nightclub in the middle of Edinburgh. Uh, and we absolutely talked to shreds that night. Uh, I don't know if management found out or not, but uh, we somehow dusted ourselves off and, um, and and won the final about three days later. So, uh, yeah, possibly you're right. It is a bit more relaxing, those situations. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me that you weren't doing that the week leading into the final of the Rugby World Cup? Uh, also, what is it? Was Izzy Dag doing that? No. Oh, oh <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, Izzy, love Izzy. I still got to make those uh, confetti angels in the ground after. <laughs> you remember that? Um, hey, also on the tennis. Uh, of course, we did have the women's semi-finals last night. Uh, Ribikina 
in the end coming out on top against Victoria Azarenka. Here's how that played out at the end. And now match points oh. again. Sabalenka serves out <laughs> wide. Backhand return from Lynette. Sits up for the forehand for Sabalenka. The off forehand is put away for a winner. And Arena Sabalenka is breaking new grounds. The first time that she will be in a slam final. Arena Sabalenka dominance on Rod Laver Arena. And that, folks, is what happens uh, when you don't listen to your producer well enough. You talk about the wrong game. However, we are now lined up for a Sabalenka Ribikina final, which should be fantastic viewing. Um, Ribikina, really, she's a reigning, reigning Wimbledon champion. She's only 23 years old. Uh, but in this kind of almost void in women's tennis that it feels like there is with the departure of Serena Williams, I think could very much be one of the players to, to step up and fill it on the way that she's been going at the moment, Beef. Yes, well, I actually have a cheeky look at her as far as uh, winning that final. She's the outsider at the moment, just on, on the TAB odds. But uh, I'm looking forward to talking to the voice of SNZ and SEN tennis uh, straight after this, uh, Brett Phillips. He's across everything at Melbourne and, as you heard, commentating. It is quarter to six with Kim and Beave, and if you are keeping across the tennis, Beave, you'll be pleased to know that your great stat about Stefanos Tsitsipas continues because he has won the first set uh, in a tie break. Ooh, seven yes. six. There you go. Here to talk about all things Aussie Open with us now, as well as our very own SEN tennis commentator, Brett Phillips. Brett, thank you so very much for joining us. You enjoying the semi final so far? First set just shy of an hour, and yes, yeah, Stefano Sitsipas certainly found a way, although uh, Hutchinoff made life extremely difficult. He had some breaks of serve, momentum shifts, uh, but look, Sitsipas, you know, certainly the favourite coming in. He's won all five uh, head-to-heads, and he's uh, the more dynamic. He can cover more of the court. I mean, any time he's brought Hutchinoff into the net, uh, that's where he's a little uncomfortable. So those little, you know, chip returns, uh, trying in the drop shot, which... You know, isn't always uh, the easiest shot to execute on a hard court. You've got to be uh, so precise, but he's just everywhere in your face, Stefanos. So I think uh, as the game uh, unfolds in the second set that he can he can certainly get on top. But Hutchinov, uh, back-to-back semi-finals at a major, he'll dig in. Uh, you don't uh, just take these opportunities lightly and you don't know when they're going to come around again, but it's a beautiful day. Uh, sun shining on Rod Laver Arena, full house and... We're getting um, some pretty good entertainment between these two guys. Brett, obviously, we don't, we don't know which way this team is going to go, but presuming uh, Pass finds a way, he's had some tournament himself. I know there's a, there's a fairly big name on the other side of the draw that they're almost saying is unbackable, but Pass has put together a hell of a tournament, hasn't he? No, he's been fantastic, and obviously he's been you know a regular member of that top echelon of the men now for some time. You know, French Open final, this is the fourth time he's in... Uh, the semis uh, at the Australian Open, so he's been knocking on the door. He's got a he's got a brilliant game. He's a great athlete. Uh, he's also you know he's added Mark Philippoussis, uh, two-time uh, Grand Slam finalist, into his camp alongside his father. I think it's more maybe more to keep Apostolos, his father, a little calm. 
uh, who you know <laughs> rides every shot. And in fact, you know, like like Steph, even in his first set, he got a, a time violation because sometimes his mind just goes wandering. He got a foot fault at uh, one stage and. He just sort of loses track, and then Dad's barking at him, and he sort of gets a bit rattled. But uh, no, he got, he got the first set sorted. Uh, but he is playing uh, great tennis, and that's the question we've been asking all week: like who, who can possibly challenge, uh, you know, Novak Djokovic? And you know, Sitsipas is the best equipped to maybe have a crack at uh, Novak. Uh, we think Novak's going to get through tonight. If he, his last two matches are any indication, yeah. he's in uh, he's in the menacing mood at the moment. Has got eyes for the prize. Um, but whether Pass can somehow find a chink in the armour, uh, easier said than done when Novak is playing at the level that he is. Mm. Hypothetical, of course, but hey, we love hypotheticals and speculating here. And when it comes to the prospect of a potential final between those two players, Novak and Pass, who would actually have the love, do you think, of the home crowd? Because it feels like Steph has a lot of love from the crowd in Melbourne, but then you've got Novak, who, of course, is going for his 10th title there. It would be an incredible atmosphere because, you know, Djokovic has got a strong Serbian supporter base here and uh, they gather uh, outside uh, Rod Lave Arena and chant away for a few hours post his matches. And then you've got... You know, Stefanos has got the, the Greek community, which is a you know, massive community in Melbourne, who come along and support him. We saw it with Marcos Bagdadis all those uh, years ago. Yeah. He's also embraced the city. I don't know if it's a little tactic just to get the crowd in his core. He's talked about <laughs> buying real estate here, uh, maybe funding a school development. Uh, one of our actresses, Margot Robbie, is his favourite. I don't know if he's sweetening the crowd. Uh, just in preparation for that Novak match, just to create a frenzy of support for him. But yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be a tough night for the chair umpire, whoever's in charge, because uh, yeah, they'll be uh, they'll be pretty raucous. I dare say, might have been just trying to um, butter up Margot just a little bit more. I think, Brett. <laughs> uh, but mate, uh, the thing noticeable this noticeable this uh, Aussie Open is the amount of uh, players who have got through plenty of rounds and, and deep into the tournament with their little American flag beside their names. A uh, bit of a Bit of a breakthrough as far as American tennis. Obviously, been had some great years in the past, but you probably have to go back to the Agassi Sampras days to see them regularly having guys this deep in uh, in the majors. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, look, they've got a big pool at the moment. They've got about ten players inside the top fifty, and there's been a couple of merge in this tournament that we didn't quite see coming. I mean, you know, Ben Shelton, what a what a story. Just mm. put a little asterisk next to him. I mean, five hundred and forty in the world middle of last year. He'll walk away now at about world number 43 uh, in the ranking. Wow. So he's a star, collegiate background, big hitter. Uh, he's one that I think can probably leapfrog a, a few of his um, countrymen. Uh, Tommy Paul is in the final tonight. He's well coached by Brad Stein, who actually you know, jumped into the river with Jim Courier when he coached him here in 92-93 uh, to win uh, back-to-back Australian Opens. I suppose the question is, can any of those American men actually go on to win a slam? You're right. I mean, the last one was Andy Roddick, 2003, and before that, you know, the dominance of Sampras and Agassi, and then before that, uh, McEnroe and Connors. So they're talented, a bit like the French. I mean, the French had a lot of players inside the top 100, the four musketeers, you know, Songa and Gasquet and Monfils and Simon, but none of them quite had it mentally, I thought, to actually win a major and they're tough to win and that's where Djokovic just sets himself apart. His mental resilience and the work he's done in that space is just uh, incredible. 
When it comes to the women's tournament as well, Brett, so we're set up now for this Rubikina Sabalinka final. What do you make of that? Well, I think on paper it's it's brilliant. I mean, Arena's I've been bullish about Arena the whole tournament. You know, watched her in Adelaide. She's undefeated. Twelve months ago, she couldn't land um, a second serve. She was throwing. I think she served overall for the year something like four hundred odd double faults. I mean, that's enough to make you want to hide in a room and not come out and just maybe have a change of career. But she got a biomechanist in, worked really hard on the technique. She added more kick to her second serve. And, and so the double faults have come down because once you get into a ground battle with Arena, it's good luck. I mean, Magda Lynette last night absorbed as much as she could as a tidal wave just coming at you. And then you got you know, right back in a Wimbledon champion uh, who's um, not as he's very quiet out on court. Arena's loud and she's uh, in your face. Um, Elena's got a tall presence out on the court, but she just goes, lets her racket through the talking and her power off the ground is extraordinary. I mean, she's served the most amount of aces uh, in this tournament so far. So two big hitters. Um, who's going to keep the control? Who's going to keep the nerves? Sabalinka's trying to win her first major and I'm still bullish that she can get there tomorrow. Mm. Oh, Brett, thank you so much for your time and for your insight. Fascinating for me at the moment, I think, just watching the women to see who is going to emerge as a dominant force and fill that void that's kind of being left by Serena because it's really, I I feel like it's there for the taking. Um, Fantastic having you on. Can't wait to listen to you as these finals unfold as well. Brett Phillips there, our ECN tennis commentator. It's a couple of minutes to six here on the run home. Loving the text coming in, especially this one from Zaid. Uh, messaging from his holiday in surfer's paradise on the Gold Coast, which sounds like an absolute treat compared to what the uh, Auckland population is currently going through for your multi-beef. Brisbane Heat tonight to beat the Sydney Thunder in the Big Bash. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's in Big Bash territory, so it's, uh, it's worth certainly considering. Uh, Adam's text in. Wild one for Beaver's best, which I think is a shout. Boxing, Anthony Yard, TKO or KO rounds one to four. Seventeen, Adam Jeepers, swinging for the fences. Uh, but I'm going to have to look at it, aren't I? I like the look of it. And one, a text from earlier from Cody. Question for Beaver: What's your honest opinion on the All Blacks' chances of winning the World Cup later in the year? Well, Cody, I've long said and told you I've got money on them. Uh, so my heart and my uh, TAB account wants it to happen. Realistically, I think they go there. They'll land in Paris, as I've always said, as a favourite. There won't be too many teams. I don't think there'll be any teams shorter for, on betting agencies. They'll go there. As long as we don't have a catastrophe of injuries in Super Rugby, they will land in Paris as a good a chance as anyone. And still with pedigree that some of the other so-called big contenders, your France and Ireland, still don't have. So for me, they are very... Very much, Cody, well and truly in with the biggest of all chances. There oh, you go, Kim. Kim, you always bet with your heart. Oh, just saying, just saying. I cop a lot of that. Anyway, we're talking all I things. I saw odds. I saw juicy <laughs> odds. Next up, NFL, baby. Let's go. Hydroflow has a national team of technical and sales representatives leading the field with knowledge, sales support, service and delivery. Staying in to watch the sport? Let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Kick back and relax. It's time for The Run Home with Kim and Beeve.
ora and welcome to The Run Home on SNZ this Friday the 27th of January. You are with Kim Downs and Stephen Donald seeing you out for the next hour. Thanks to Mick Delivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. A pleasure to be with you on this Friday evening, Beeve. Oh no, the pleasure's all mine. Uh, Kim, I appreciate the sentiment though. That, getting that compliment was like pulling teeth, actually. <laughs> hey... Uh, before we whip into another great interview, get for you a few more of these wonderful texts on a variety of topics here. Uh, first time from Cookie. Hey, Beaver, when is yours and is his Clubhouse Rescue gig on TV? Can't be far away. No, Cookie, next week. Uh, next week, me and Izzy will be uh, making our acting debuts. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Um, this Go is on, another, this Read is another Stephen's one of, text. Yes, unfortunately, it is another one of um, Kimmy's Downers. Um, two, two, fish, <laughs> two fish in a tank One fish says to the other fish How do you drive this thing? Come on Beaver, you know you love it Have a great weekend, all the best Steve-o Thank you Steve-o, Steve-o. Uh, Steve-o. Uh, I'm going to start calling one. you boring beef <laughs> um, I live in the real world um, and, the, and the second one here, This is another one for right, Beaver's Rory. best <laughs> I'll be happy to be classified as Roy. Beaver's best this week uh, is Habana in race seven at Taupo. Gets in pretty light and has been in great form recently. Jason, well, I tell you what, if Taupo's getting what they're getting up the north, I hope he goes good on a heavy track too, Habana. So uh, we'll have to look into that one as well. Jeez, we've got some work to do to finalise this Beaver's best, but... I tell you what, I've got a couple of run past our next guest when we get an opportunity to. Oh, good from you, good from you. We will be calling our Beaver's Best winner in around half an hour. So you've probably got, I would say, before Beaver really needs to be making some selections, maybe 20, 25 minutes to get those picks in there if you are wanting to be involved and to have a shot uh, at that particular tab. What am I calling it? The particular bet, the multi. Honestly, my brain just went absolutely bonkers there for a second. It's because I was still thinking about Stephen's joke, just trying to file it away uh, for memory's sake for next time to, to hit people with. One that I remembered from last week, Beeb, actually, just while we're here. Why did the hedgehog cross the road? Hmm. Don't know. To see his flatmate. <laughs> Uh, Jake, if you're encouraging this, you really are. <laughs> I like that one. Thank you. That was uh, that was from our caller last week, actually, so I, I appreciate that, that one. I think that one's actually been around for quite some time. I've got a feeling I've heard a hit joke, hit jog one like that before. Yeah, but we're not ageist when it comes to jokes. <laughs> Babe, yeah, you can we? reuse. They There's just, nothing wrong with recycling. Oh, no, you're only ageist when it comes to abusing co-hosts uh, around <laughs> Christmas time. Only the old ones. <laughs> And by yeah. George, someone is old. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> you guys were relentless. Oh, it's all right, Babe. We're are we are we in the same decade? We are, aren't we? <laughs> we are. That was a low blow, Kim. <laughs> we are for about another year. Well, I just I was going to say I've really missed the uh, missed out on the invite to the big four zero. If we are, no, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Party, party. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no. if I make it, if I make it to the forty, I guess. I for your fortieth birthday, <laughs> I am going to get you a card, and all it's going to be 
jokes everywhere oh. you look. I can't wait. It's going to be a real treat. Here out our Macca's menu today. Thanks to McDelivery. Soon we'll be talking all things NFL with Laurie Horish, which will be really good actually because I've got a lot of questions now that we're at this stage with what is, I mean, it's the, it's the conference final stage. So it's effecti- effectively the semifinals of the Super Bowl. Uh, yes. You'd be into Super Bowl, babe. You'd be into a halftime show. Yeah, don't mind me my Super Bowl. It's probably the only game I'll sit down in its entirety in the season uh, and, and watch. I love the second half of Super Bowls. It seems to be when all the drama happens. I know it's a bit of a cliche saying, but uh, this Super Bowl's memories is the drama and the turnarounds in the second half for me. Love to see it. We will, of course, also have our Beavers Best and our Makita Caller of the Week. That's all coming up thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Now, you may be wondering why we've got some uh, easy listening going on in the background there here on the run home. Not normally going for the easy easy listening kind of brand. However, that is the dulcet tones of one Chris Stapleton. How's that related to sport, you ask? That's going to be one of the Super Bowl halftime performers, Beef. That is why. I also really, really like the Stan Walker version. Anyway, that is because we are talking all things NFL at the moment. Uh, I'm very lucky to be joined by ESPN's Australia New Zealand NFL Bricky Show host now, Laurie Horish. Laurie, thank you so much for your time. I hope you're a Chris Stapleton fan. I'm a big Chris Stapleton fan. That is a gorgeous way to bring me in on a Friday afternoon. The the dulcet tones, indeed. We're one Anyone in media and broadcasting can only hope to have the rich timber uh, of a Chris Stapleton. And, yeah, as soon as he was announced as the national anthem singer, uh, me and some fellow, uh, uh, those who partake in certain activities around Super Bowl involving prop bets, were jumping straight on to look at what that over-under market might be for the anthem. I tell you what, someone who does have those uh, deep tones that you speak of, <laughs> one Stephen Donald, of course. <laughs> Can't quite put it together like that, though, unfortunately. Uh, you'll be getting across the Super Bowl, will you, Laurie? Uh, sadly, I will not be on the ground this year. I was lucky uh, enough to be there a couple of years ago and hope to be back over next season, but um, unfortunately won't be on the ground there. Uh, we will have uh, ESPN Australia New Zealand team, our Sports Centre Australia New Zealand, the Packroom team will be over there um, all week. Um, and uh, I'll be sending my infinite amounts of uh, of love, support, and jealousy to what they're doing over there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it should be a, a hell of a show uh, in in Arizona, especially when you consider um, that uh, usually on Super Bowl Saturday, um, it's not normally in Super Bowl Town, but you have the uh, party hall uh, at the uh, at the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, which is absolute scenes, and that being in the same city as the Super Bowl will be hosting just 24 hours uh, ahead of the big game. I can imagine it's going to be one hell of a week, and then the weekend should be something else. Very much so, mate. So when you look at the four teams that are still in with a chance now. Were these the four teams you thought would be there at this end of the season? I mean, ebbing and flowing of who we thought would emerge, but these are the four deserving teams. I think as this season went along, you saw teams like the Buffalo Bills, um, obviously the incredible um, and, and, and very you know heartaching um, and, and troubling event that they went through with DeMar mm. Hamlin um, emerged as this storyline for them, but they did. Um, as great as it's been to see DeMar 
um, his recovery and his health. Uh, from an on-field standpoint, they were slightly inconsistent down the stretch, so not entirely surprising to see the Bengals and the Chiefs emerge from the AFC side of things. Um, as for the NFC, I think there were three teams that were really duking this out. The Eagles set a standard from a winning, a physicality, and a, a, their brand of their brand of football, which is strong in the trenches, um, get a lead and day to try and contain the duality of our offense. We're running and passing. We're equally effective, and we have a quarterback that can do both. Such a challenge for people to, for opposition defenses to contain. And the 49ers, I mean, the Christian McCaffrey's arrival a couple months into the season really kicked this offensive uh, into a whole different stratosphere. Their production, the talent across the board, and then they've suffered the injuries at quarterback. We know that with Brock Purdy, pick number 262, Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh rounder. Could he be the first rookie quarterback uh, to go and win uh, a Lombardi trophy in that uh, first season? Their ability to maintain offensive production and rhythm throughout that change at such a pivotal position. Americans like to say it is the most pivotal position in world sport. <laughs> Their ability to do that is a credit to Kyle Shanahan, that offensive system. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, the surrounding talent, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle had a huge game against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and there are others um, that the backup stocks that they have there would be starting players on many, many rosters. How much would life change for the uh, poor, well, not the poor individual, I dare say become a very rich individual <laughs> if he goes from round seven to a Super Bowl winner? Well, look, you're already starting to see, and it is it is wildly reckless for those of us in fandom or media to start throwing around Tom Brady's name with any day three quarterback pick. Um, but if you, you're talking about someone who has ties to the Bay Area, playing in the Bay Area, while Tom Brady was linked, uh, was uh, grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan, but you, someone so early in their career coming from, you know, doesn't have that big draft pedigree. Yes, there's support of great defensive performance and their defensive unit is for real. And yes, there's support. I mentioned the, the star players, the coaching structure, the, the offensive philosophy they have there. But to be there at that stage of your career holding up a Lombardi trophy, you're immediately going to be thrown into not just superstar, but people are going to start projecting forward into they once you have one, the next question is not just one, but how many? When's the next one going to come? I actually think when you were talking about uh, how the American media refer to the quarterback as the most important position in world sport, uh, first five Stephen Donald, I think, just kind of bristled a little bit there. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Uh, look, yeah, we have our local sports down here in this part of the world, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a certainly a different sport. But look, I can I can confess, and I may have said this to uh, uh, your producer ahead of time, as somebody who. Um, was a great um, fan and benefactor of uh, Chiefs legend and early fantasy super rugby immortal Stephen <laughs> Donald. I will not be besmirching the first five position at any time. Uh, you must have got me on the good years to get fantasy points. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just officially became friend of the show. Sorry uh, <laughs> with that sort of chat. Honestly, though, when it comes to these quarterbacks, uh, we were talking earlier in the show about how young they all are about how Mahomes is the oldest of the of the starters at the moment and he's still only 27 is this I mean is it just that this generation is producing great quarterbacks like what can we put that down to I think we can put it back down to for a long time the NFL dictated to the college ranks hey this is what we like in a quarterback we want a pro style quarterback he runs a a pro style offense so that's you know standing there statuesque in the pocket delivering um certain types of routes 
Um, we want to see complex reads. And the NFL has started to do a better job of adapting from college, making the transition for young quarterbacks into the NFL a little more seamless. A lot of really great offensive minds come up to their young quarterbacks and say, hey, I've got my scheme, but what do you like running? What plays fit your eye? What are you natural with? What what really comes to you it really will, will help your transition to this next level. And let's build that into the offense and ease that process, which is, look, that's just very smart. You can say that's smart football thinking. That's just smart sporting philosophy across across any code. So that's certainly taken on. We're seeing more more uh, involvement and encouragement for quarterback mobility. So these quarterbacks that come in and have um, the dual threat capabilities, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, no longer part of the picture this season, but certainly does that. Patrick Mahomes, not the fastest guy in the world and, and dealing with a high ankle sprain right now, but someone whose mobility, slipperiness and improvisation on the move is absolutely part of what makes him the best quarterback in the game today so it's encouraging and foster taking that talent that's already there that perhaps in previous decades previous years of the nfl would have been discouraged and fostering it encouraging it and building it into pro style schemes and we're seeing you know this season early on was a little step back in points uh score but that's part of why we've seen this rocketing um you know points era in the NFL and that extends to players like Lamar Jackson as well so I think that would be one of the huge reasons we are seeing young success and we're just seeing a generational shift as well you know the Breezes the Mannings have made their way out of the NFL Ben Roethlisberger as well uh, Phil Rivers and now we're seeing Brady and Aaron Rodgers you know the last two of that kind of that real core um, to start you know we're having that conjecture about how many years left or is this it for those type of quarterbacks. Yes, fascinating times. And when you look at these four teams, is there any one of them for you in particular that screams Super Bowl is ours for the taking? Well, I mean, look, if if Patrick Mahomes wasn't dealing with a high ankle sprain and playing on it one week after the injury, which Mm. is for an injury that is increasingly known as a four to eight to even 10 week injury, that is, it's a huge question mark. He was out at training today and he was moving around, gave, you know, don't know whether he knew the cameras on, but he gave him a little pirouette while he was moving out there. So something to, a little wink and a nod perhaps to he's feeling okay. And pain management and, and rest and, rec- you know, recovery is all going to be part of his treatment up until the game. I still lean towards the Chiefs because I do think whilst the Cincinnati Bengals, they've dealt with injuries on the offensive line and yet played the offensive line, the replacements that stepped in may have been the best performance we saw from a Cincinnati Bengals front this season. I still think that a player like Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs wears number 95, one of the, if not defensive player of the year, one of those in consideration on the podium. He is a game wrecker. And he, when I think that we've got the most dominant player in the game on offense, no disrespect to Joe Burrow, who is right there, number two in quarterback um, in my my rankings across the NFL. I think he's the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. But you've got the most dominant offensive player in Patrick Mahomes, the most dominant defensive player on the field uh, being Chris Jones. I'm going to lean that way uh, with Kansas City, not to mention that they, you know, there's a certain hunger level that comes when you are when you have failed to beat a Bengals team and a Joe and Joe Burrow who walks in with all the swagger and confidence, deservedly so, into that matchup. Now, uh, before we let you go, Laurie, you are going to be the kingmaker. Every Friday, uh, we do a <laughs> we do a TAB uh, bet over here where I pick four legs, and uh, the listeners pick one. And uh, I'm going to give you two NFL ones that the listeners have picked in, and I want you to tell me which one's the most likely to happen. Okay. Uh, so, so the first one we've got for you is uh, Mahomes and Burrow to combine for 550-plus passing yards and five touchdowns between them. So you got that it's one. A, 
It's a You're it's a it? good day. It's it's a hell of a spectacle if we're seeing that play out. The uh, Kanto will be very happy to ESPN if that we we get that type of display on offer. Right. Well, well, that will be have to be better than this one. Uh, George Kittle to score a touchdown and Forty ers to win. Which one's most that's, likely to happen? That's where I'm leaning. I'm going to go with the latter there because I do have the 49ers meeting the, since the playoffs started and maybe a month or so out, I had the 49ers advancing from the NFC and the Chiefs advancing from the AFC. I ultimately think the Chiefs will get this thing done in the Super Bowl if those two teams play off. But give me 49ers to advance. And I do think that the, the Eagles secondary, particularly their cornerbacks, have been super, super impressive. And Darius Slay has been a stud for a long time, but they've advanced their depth there. They've been far improved as a collective unit. But that middle of the field, uh, George Kittle up against some of the safeties or linebacker play, I think he could break break free. Um, we show, he showed his playmaking ability with some of the biggest gains for San Francisco against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that could continue. So if I'm picking one of those, give me Kittle to score a touchdown on the 49ers to march on. Beautiful. Laurie, does this happen a lot? Like, do you have a lot of kind of more <laughs> casual, you know, amongst your, your friend group, more casual NFL viewers who happen to be keen punters and it gets to this time of the season and all of a sudden you are the most popular man in the group chat? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I've probably got too much uh, baggage to be ever be the most popular man in the group <laughs> chat. But phone certainly gets, it certainly gets a little more busy this time of year, but it's great fun. It's part of what got me into the NFL or when I was first getting in and it's part of the spectacle. It's it's something to dive into. You know, the, the prop bets, the novelty bets, we have so much fun with the halftime show and the, the anthem and and all that stuff in the big dance. But yeah, certainly uh, certainly a few more questions being asked at this time. And the, the thing is, though, this is you have a look at the market right now and you can't split the four teams to emerge as Super Bowl champions. Each one of them is paying somewhere between, you know, $3.25 or $3.50 and $4. There is The markets are so tight. And I think that's credit to a season that halfway through we were talking about this season of parity and how many great teams that we we would see emerge at the end i think we've got the deserving four to make it to the final to this final quartet and I, there's not a bad matchup to emerge out of these two uh, conference title games and laurie i do have one more very serious question to mm-hmm. ask that's just been playing on my mind and i need an expert to kind of help me clarify here uh, because earlier in the week we saw saw an almost bust up uh, in the NBA with a certain former NFL player heckling the Memphis Grizzlies from the sideline and a certain Kiwi NBA star responding. So uh, my question to you, with your knowledge of mm. NFL and, and the sort of athletes uh, that it takes to, to be in that league, who would win a fight between Shannon Sharp and Stephen Adams? I'm not... I, not just because of the radio station I'm on right now. <laughs> I am not going against Stephen Adams in any fight, in any stage, any any conditions. It doesn't matter. Not a chance am I going against Stephen Adams. I've yet to see him take a backward step on a basketball court, which is quite difficult considering how long he's been in the NBA. That No, not a chance I'm going against Stephen Adams. If there's a Royal Rumble um, of NBA <laughs> players, it's Stephen Adams at the end, standing tall. And you know what? If they had a combined Royal Rumble between the NFL and the NBA, it'll be Stephen Adams and it'll be Jordan Mylard at the last two standing. So that's just where I come down on that. <laughs> oh, great to get your take. Laurie Horish there, ESPN's Australian New Zealand NFL Bricky Show host. Fantastic to have you on the show, mate. Uh, I, I feel like this must be Christmas, basically, this time of year for you. So enjoy it, lap it up, hope it all goes well. Oh, an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. Oh, sensational. So are you going with his uh, his pick there, Beef? Well, you'll have to find out. What? 
Johnny after Johnny Mac when I read out Beaver's Best. Oh. The first fine. of the year. Fine. Be that way. Still time uh, to try. Little. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, that's good. That's good tactically from you. Still time to try and get your picks in to see if you can uh, usurp that one, I think. Uh, and just so you know as well, Beeve, you're probably keeping across the tennis uh, there as well. But Stefano Sitspass now up two sets, seven six six four. We go into a third. So perhaps the Sitspass Djokovic final is uh, is looking good. And that power, play, that power play I tipped you in at the start of the show, people. Yes. Remind me what it was. Uh, win his first service game, win the first set, win the match. Tick, tick, so far, tick. Oh, that is impressive stuff for you. Too bad that people weren't able to get it for uh, Beaver's Best. Beaver's Best, I know, I However, know. however, that's coming up. We're also going to be doing our Caller of the Week Giveaway, that's with Makita, coming up after Johnny Mac with the news.
24 minutes to 7 here on the run home. We have had a text and whoa, 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 Big Ben won a Super Bowl with the Steelers as a rookie. Now, I've been doing some frantic Googling uh, just to clarify, but my read of his Wikipedia page says he's the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. However, I believe he was selected in 04, uh, led them to a Super Bowl in 06. So not sure if he was technically a rookie. If he presumably he played 05. Anyone going once, going twice? Anyone with more knowledge ben than me? Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, yeah, not sure. Not sure. Sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, well. We tried with the research. Anyway, time now to move on to something I know a bit more about, and that's Beaver's Best. Take it away. Well, geez, geez, uh, we've had some high stress in Beaver's Best circles <laughs> in the last three or four minutes, let me tell you that. But uh, it hasn't changed things as far as Beaver's Best winner. Uh, we went with, well, we went with Laurie, who's an ESPN expert. Woo. And when you're talking American sports, you've got to go for your ESPN experts. So we went with him and his... George Kittle touchdown and the 49ers to win at six bucks. He liked the look of that. So Andre this week is our winner of Beaver's Best. Andre, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Beaver. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, not too bad, mate. And I must admit, um, Beaver's Best for you has changed in the last three or four minutes because, um, well, young Jacob's fat fingers couldn't quite work out the keyboard in front of him uh, to put it on. So, So we ran out of time. And uh, we've had to change. We've had to pivot. Uh, Jacob, have you got any replies? I'll tell you what. I've never felt the stress that Beef <laughs> through a camera in Waiuku was putting on me in the SCNZ studio in Parnell. I he was, was, he uh, was gaslighting it us. Was, I will it, was, say. It, was, it was seriously like HR should get a call for that. <laughs> I tell you. This is what was happening when I was Googling Big Ben. Well, Kim, Kim. <laughs> I'm so oblivious. No idea. Was he still a rookie? <laughs> you talk well, about some it. of the biggest trash talkers in the game. I mean, you should have heard some of the raucous Beef was spinning down that camera. <laughs> oh, is this sledging stain on the field as well, Beef, or do we get to hear it? Oblivion. Well, Far essentially, we had, we had one of our legs that we wanted uh, about to go, and uh, the boys, um, they're blaming internet, um, which I, I'm not sure internet's an issue at a radio station because we're still I just, on air. I just don't get that many bonus bets, Beef. That's why I don't know how to put it on. We're not, we're not blaming the um, internet. We're I blaming you, Beef. <laughs> And the boys, well, they freaked out on the TAB website. So I'll, I'll talk to the TAB to see if they can make it more uh, Jake-friendly yeah. and uh, Kez-friendly. Oh, yeah. That's so, a good idea. Cheers, so, yeah, yeah. So we'll move on and let Andre know exactly what he's going to be whipping home this weekend and uh, in particular tonight. So we've got Andre's great bet with the uh, San Francisco 49ers and his man Kittle to get a touchdown. That's part of six bucks. So that sets us up brilliantly. Uh, I've also gone any Kiwi... Black Caps, three of them, to score 30-plus runs in the opening T20 against the superstar Indian team. I've also gone... Now, you might have to help me with the pronunciation here, Kim. Oh, But go. I've gone Ryabinka. Not quite. Rabakana, close. Rabakana. Elena, for short. Uh, she's at 2-11. She's a slight outsider in the uh, Aussie Open final against Sabalenka. And that's, that's our three legs. And then the fourth leg, and uh, we're across to the seventh, uh, seventh circuit in uh, Sydney. And I had uh, the Aussie women's uh, game, which uh, kicked off a couple of minutes ago. Uh, that was 
That's when I gave the boys about five minutes warning to put this on. Uh, they like, ran out of time. More like one and a half. At, they ran out of time. And that's generous. One and a half Five generous. minutes or five seconds, Beef. Come on, mate. <laughs> they ran out of time for that. So we've gone a bit closer to home. We've gone the Kiwi Black Ferns, hot off their Hamilton success. Tonight against France, we're going to take the minus 16 and a half start for them still to get the job done. Now, because you've gone that beauty at six bucks and you chuck in a bit of Elena and uh, the others at, at pretty healthy odds. This one's part 43-32, I do believe. Jacob, you've got the mass there for us in studio. What's this 50 going to get, Andre, for the weekend? Sorry, mate. Can you repeat the Black Ferns League? Uh, the Black Ferns, the minus 16.5 head start against the French. Um, more or less. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Paying yes. $1.85. Yes, correct. Honestly, uh, Beef, the heat coming from you at the moment. Well, the amount of time I've given the boys, I would have thought the mess has been done. Wow, yeah, that's mate. paying a whopping $2,116, Andre. Not a bad way to start 2023, eh? Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. Fingers crossed. What worries you? What worries you about that one? Nothing but worries four. me at all, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, Andre. Well, let's start 2023 right, and we'll give you a call on Monday, and we'll celebrate that uh, we've got Beaver's Best off to a winning start. Hopefully those uh, Blackfern superstars come through for Ooh. us early in Australia. Yeah, look, look forward to that call, B. That'll be great, mate. Thanks, mate. Congrats, Andre, and we'll be right back with our Makita Caller of the Week. It is 13 minutes to 7 this Friday, the 27th of Jan, and it is that time, people, time to announce our Makita Caller of the Week, uh, who will win a $250 Makita voucher out to you soon. And the winner today is, drumroll please, on the desk. That's all right, you can hear that. <laughs> Gig! Yes, brilliant call from Gig earlier on the week. Uh... He was talking about the tackle heights, and I guess that's been one of the real issues of the week there, Kim. The uh, mm. the UK deciding to tell everyone, you're tackling by the waist or beneath. So, mm. uh, yeah, we've had plenty of people weighing on that, and people have been weighing in, that, in on that all over the world. Um, yeah, not positively, really. Uh, but, and I see it's the lead story mm. in the Sydney Morning Herald at the moment. which uh, well, World thought, Rugby's riding behind yeah. it. Yep. So. The game as we know it. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. I don't, I don't know whether Stephen Donald's scrag around the shoulders will end up. <laughs> it seems like it's a forgotten part of the game, but uh, it's where us brave tens like to tackle. <laughs> well, congratulations, Gig, uh, for that call. $250 Makita voucher will be coming your way. Uh, someone from here at SNZ will be in touch. Time now, Beeve. This will be an interesting one, actually. To yes. talk about, because we are obviously getting uh, inching closer and closer to Super Rugby. Normally, at this time of year, I would say, I can't believe we're talking Super Rugby uh, when it's only January, it's the middle of summer, it's cricket season. But given the day's weather, it seems very fitting. Time now for our break, uh, bedpost breakthrough star. And when it comes to Super Rugby, when we're picking a breakthrough Super Rugby prospect from each team. And you've got an option for this week. Yeah, well, we thought we'd start... Start and finish the week at 
at a team called the Chiefs. Not sure if you've heard of them or not uh, there, Kim. But uh, this week's breakthrough star that we're going to identify is none other than Chiefs squad halfback. Because you wouldn't say he's the Chiefs halfback because that's Brad Weber. But mm-hmm. the Chiefs halfback, Cortez Ratama, I think will mm. make an impression this year. The Chiefs, when you're looking at a newcomer or a name that hasn't really announced themselves to the New Zealand rugby public, hard to identify. Very settled, very experienced, big names all through it. They've got a very settled midfield, very settled outside backs and Stevenson, Nanai Satoru, Damian McKenzie's, Joshuani's, Bryn Gatlin uh, 10 jerseys, and then you've got an uh, absolute plethora of uh, forwards who have worn the all-black jersey or very, very close. So tough to find somebody that you think is going to fall from the fall from the rafters for them. Uh, even the young guys and up front are well and truly announced to the world, I think, of your Taranaki's Josh Lords and the mm. likes. But uh, as far as someone who probably isn't uh, on the tips of uh, everyone's tongues, as far as rugby fans in New Zealand goes, who I think will make a bit of an impact, certainly off the bench, and I think his All Black days are well and truly ahead of him at some stage, Cortez Latima, very dynamic halfback who uh, could suit a bit of a bench role for the Chiefs after Brad Weber's probably put in a, a good 65 minutes. The uh, pretty dynamic footballer to bring on, I think. Timing-wise as well, when it comes to that bigger All Blacks picture, probably a really good time to be a young halfback coming yep. through the ranks when you look at the likes of, of Smith, Pedernata and Weber, uh, who are kind of in that latter stage yes. at this stage. So... I yeah, absolutely. There. Absolutely. Good time to be a nine in this country. Good time to be a young ten in this country. I think it's uh, the world is in front of you, and uh, stick it out. I'd say don't go, don't go chasing any overseas dollars just yet. If you have dreamt of being an All Black, that's for sure. But if you do, you know, Bath is a good place, right, Beef? Uh, <laughs> oh, if you want to make some money, yeah. That is our bed, bed post breakthrough star. Discover the amazing temper bed, beds and mattresses at bedpost.co.nz. Enjoy the best night's sleep in years with a temper electric adjustable bed from Bedpost. Goodness, that sounds lovely. We uh, we kip is what's awaiting me, I think, if I ever make it home this evening, Beef, I think probably the smartest call of the day so far has been yours to do the show from home uh, because while we were in that last ad break, I was just looking up how long it was going to take me. What's normally a uh, 12-minute drive is currently about the 37 to 40 mark. So that'll be a real treat. If you're not in Auckland, it is absolutely hammering down. If you are in Auckland, please do stay safe, uh, probably south roads if you can possibly help it. Uh, because it is looking pretty nasty out there. We've also sprung a wee leak in the office, Beef. You'll be uh, sad to hear. You didn't need me to come up with my tools. Yeah, uh, possibly. Do I need to sort that out for you? That would be good. Get a handyman on the job. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm uh, not handy enough. No, no. And, well, I saw the other two try and uh, put a TAB bit on, so um, I've, got <laughs> no, I've got no faith That's... in Jacob or Kez to sort that leak out. This was absolutely not an invite for you to throw poor, poor Jacob and Kez an back under the bus. It's always an invite. You know, I'll, I'll take that on the chin, Beef. I do need to work on my handyman skills. Um, I'm not the best around the home. I mean, we lost water this morning. We didn't have any water, which was ironic because it was bucketing <laughs> down outside. So I couldn't have a shower when I woke up this morning. And um, I had to get my flatmate, uh, who's a girl, like no, no prejudice, but like as a girl, I suppose. Um, and she, Jacob, she was let on me the just, case. Let me interrupt you there to say when you say things like no prejudice, uh, 
it's automatically kind of assumed that what comes out of your mouth is he's, probably he's, going he's to self, be that. That's like a no offence. It's like, no offence, yeah. but yeah, oh. okay, I see. I'm, I'll take that on the trend. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it must be a common theme in the foul producers here because uh, Joe Bell revealed last week when I was doing the breakfast show, can't change your tyre. Are, are you better than that, Jacob? Never had to. And I pray I never do have but to but because you know, I don't think I could do it either. But you know the theory, surely. Well, you know, you lift the lift the tire up. I don't know if I've got all the tools in my car. That's the thing. I thought, you, I know you've got lovely parents because you're always trying to get back home at any excuse, even if your tooth's been pulled out and you had to take five weeks at home. But surely the parents of the modern era, do they not say, right, you're going to start driving. Before you start driving, you've got to learn how to change a tire. I thought that was the education that uh, we're all given. Obviously not. No, no. Okay. I was I was certainly given that, and I think it gave my father great joy uh, when we actually needed to change a tyre on some, you know, classic wintry night at some stage so that he could give me, like, the full, oh, yeah, no, this is a real-life situation. Great, off you go. Yeah. Scenario. The modern era, eh? The modern era. I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be part of the old era. That's what no, you're you suggesting. No, you are. You are, you oh, are. man. You're from a different time. <laughs> different generation. Your generation, Beeb. Oh, gosh, that is old. <laughs> Too on easy. That note, on that note, wrap this week up, please. Oh, Thanks, Kim. Thank you so much for your time for listening to us. Wrap it on. Uh, really appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Enjoy your weekend ahead of you. If you're in Auckland, do stay safe.